Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. Joining me for today's podcast is my, I'm not going to say trio, my duo of stalwart, stalwart tech journalists. I used that phrase last week because I just love the sound of that word, stalwart. Uh, journalist Rob Pegarero, who writes for Wirecutter, The Verge, and USA Today. Uh, John Quain, who writes for The New York Times, Smart Cities, and Tom Guide. And we do not know where Stuart Walpin is. So if you know where Stuart Walpin is, please uh, twit, send something out on Twitter and uh, we will send out a search party for him. But uh, he's always welcome to the podcast when he remembers when the podcast is being conducted. So that's an entirely different deal. Gentlemen, how are you? And good afternoon, because I know you guys are on the East Coast. And how are each of you? Very good. Thanks. Uh, today's fun, fun long- days watching uh, ads by what you mean, product launch events that you can't actually attend. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today's podcast is purely focused on Unleashed. I love that, you know, you know, it's funny how when Apple teases the, um, the, the, uh, the name of the event, you know, literally days before one of these Apple events, how everybody tries to read something into it. What's the secret behind each syllable, each word? And um, I don't know. I mean, uh, now they're becoming a bit routine, in my view. Uh, I think that's kind of interesting, but... Uh, John, we were talking before the, the recording started. You didn't watch it, um, which is not right. good. And I will mention that to Tim Cook that you did not uh, you didn't take uh, an hour out of your freaking day to right. watch it. Rob, but I know you you you've read up all the summaries in quite a bit, so you're familiar with everything. Right. What about you, Rob? Did you get a chance to spend watch the entire uh, broadcast? I, I did. Yes, I, I uh, actually was finishing up my lunch as I was watching it on on my iPad, my now obsolete iPad Mini Five, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, you know, interesting in that it was started with all this really consumer, by which I mean people without a huge shopping budget for technology uh, products, you know, new AirPods, the the Apple Music. And then we pivoted to these really expensive laptops that, you know, if you are out there, you've been thinking of a MacBook Air, you can ignore everything Apple announced because it's not for you. These are $2,000 and up laptops for people who use them because they live and applications like Photoshop or um, whatever the heck image editors yeah. use these days, Final Cut Pro, okay. whatever. <laughs> I don't use these things. Right. Well, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to get into into all this in a second. But the, the thing that kind of struck me was kind of interesting. They opened up. I, you know, I wrote a Forbes piece this morning that I kind of opined. <laughs> it reminded me of a kind of a Frank Sinatra concert of the, from the late 80s where, you, you know, generally he had, in the, in the good old days, Frank had, you know, very good opening acts, but toward the end, they were getting a little bit thin. And I think I, think I saw it with uh, Edie Gourmet and uh, uh, and Steve, um, what was his name? <laughs> Edie Gourmet. I would have said a U2 concert in the late 1980s. And, you know, their time had passed many <laughs> years before and i'm all waiting for frank to show up even though frank needed a teleprompter at that point you know to sing um uh my way but uh you know un- until i got to the to the apple silicon piece and the macbook piece i mean the, the first you know 25 minutes was for me you know pretty you know they were press release savvy worthy i should say i mean i don't think they need i don't think you need to tell the world um on a virtual um 
announcement like that, that we're coming out with the HomePod minis in three colors. I, I, I just think that was a little bit overkill. But anyway, let me bring up the, um, uh, let me bring up the uh, opening slide. I want to talk about the Apple Music voice plan. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about the mini models. Not, we won't spend a lot of time on that, but then we'll jump into the pods. Uh, the uh, the media V announcement, which I think was the Pro and the Max uh, iterations um, of uh, M1, uh, and then the new MacBook uh, Pro models, which I think to the, the the number of different changes, I think that w- that will be delightful to people that were maybe outside the the uh, silicon issues. But um, I think that kind of represents the um, the bulk of the uh, of the things I want to dig dig into. So without any further ado. You know, and I want Rob. I want to get your opinion first. The Apple Voice Plan. It sounded like a, a cell phone plan, by the way, just a name. It's right. actually- Why would you? I yeah. mean, I get product segmentation, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> on the interface, like my, my comment on Twitter was, obviously the next thing is going to be the two dollar ninety nine cent a month terminal plan, where you can only select songs, create playlists by opening up the terminal app on a Mac and using the Unix command line, like. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could just find some other way, change up your subscription bundles. This seems like a really weird way to make your service seem cheaper. Uh, although I did see somebody suggest, perhaps if enough people sign up for this and opt into, you know, Siri Analytics, Siri will be less terrible at understanding what we say. Yeah. Well, it, it also seems like right for us <laughs> SNL sketch here. I mean, you could just hear people asking for songs and saying, no, I don't want Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> getting the wrong song. I get getting Rick James every time. I mean, I, I, this is not not a good no, way. That, that, that exact thought, John, popped in my head is it'll come out with a two ninety nine plan for people who only want to listen to Broadway show music, which right. I, probably, I probably would sign up to. But but anyway, <laughs> the, you know, I, I think what they're trying to me, it's a Spotify uh, play, obviously, to try to extend their. Um, their spectrum, their price band spectrum, into the lower lower end part of the market, uh, and uh, but I, again, I just you know I wasn't really it, it it didn't really you know blow me over. To me, it's 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 really uh, comparable to what Apple's done on a slightly different scale when Apple announced the SE, the iPhone SE a few years ago, which was a, an entry level phone, and there was this fear: well, is that going to cannibalize their high end? Which it really didn't. You know, so I, I'm not really sure they care about, you know, I, I think most people who, you know, step up to the voice plan are people who are going to be very young. I mean, someone who can swing four ninety nine a month, which presumably some young people can, maybe not all young people, but some young people can. And but it's got some restrictions and limitations, I think, that makes doesn't make it particularly appealing, in my view. Right. Huh? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I I looked at it like, no, if, if I decide I want to sign up for Apple Music, you know, I, I will actually want to be able to use more than one interface and, and not just be stuck um, on Apple devices. Since, of course, I have an Android phone, I have a Windows laptop to my right, um, you know, saving five bucks a month. I can find other ways to save five dollars a month. Like I, yeah. I could buy less crap the next time I'm at Whole Foods, for, for example. Yeah, I mean, this is just not a war that they can win, right? I mean, you've got Amazon. If you've got Prime, you've got all that music already. You've got Spotify. Spotify's far, far better. And most of the content, the samples at this rate that they're using aren't as good as Spotify. And then you've got Pandora, at least in the United States. You've got Pandora, which can play anything. You know, so 
and and those services work extremely well getting me to go for apple music and a voice plan like you said i'm going to think i don't need cell service i've got cell service <laughs> what do you want from me yeah it's just well, well so just kind of changing gears for a second john i know that your life changed when they announced that the home pod minis would come out in different colors i'm, I'm sure you dropped everything you, you did place your order Right, actually, you know, even though because it's not appointment viewing anymore, you know, it's it's that's the trouble with doing these virtually and doing them too often is is they've gotten lackadaisical, as you pointed out about this. So Apple could do a better job with these kind of releases. And actually, I like the colors. I don't I don't actually, you know, like the service compared to, you know, who's sitting in the room next to me. And I can't mention her name, but, you know, the uh, <laughs> uh I actually like the colors. I think they look kind of cool. It's just the service that's not up to snuff, you know, still. So, well, I'm going to bring in the very late Stuart Walpin. We're going to dock your check, Stuart. Just because <laughs> the new watch made me late. Uh, you're, 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 I can't see that. Is it your Apple Watch? Are you blaming this on yeah, Apple? The new okay. Series 7 watch made me late. It's all the technology's fault. Oh, wow. See? Okay. Like the uh, Siri. Uh, uh, Tim, please take note of that criticism of the Apple Watch Series 7. <laughs> uh, Stuart, I mean, just really quickly, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, the voice plan, music plan, and those new multicolored HomePod minis? Any 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 uh, feedback? Well, if like, if, like if they were going to do colors, I would have expected there to be a lot more colors. What, they had three colors? Right. Um, I, I was that blue and orange, though. The next hand, you got to be happy about that. Yeah. Say, say again? They have blue and orange, aren't you, Seth? Well, that would be very nice, but that means I have to buy two of them. Maybe the, whole idea. the thing would have been that they could have made skins for them, which would have opened up a whole third-party um, revenue source for them for people to just make colored skins for them, like they make wristbands. You know, a lot of companies make wristbands. For, for the watch so maybe instead of them making a specific color they could have sent out specifications and a lot of third-party accessory makers simply could have made you know little skin bags that you could put your home pods into yeah the, the challenge with that though and i know a little bit about that is that the skins on those speakers have acoustic properties right. to it and now they, apple could go out of its way and say hey here's the standard that you have to build these um skins to but i think that they're so in many uh, in many ways concerned about the audio experience they didn't want they don't want people goofing around with skins that may that may impact the uh, the audio experience but it's a good idea interesting idea you know um and what was the other question uh apple music i was a little surprised at that i'm i'm watching him make that presentation that you can activate your music by siri and i'm going can't i do that already um, so I was, I was, he, I, he didn't stress that it was a lower cost service until the end of the presentation. And all through the presentation, I'm thinking I can already control my music through Siri. So I was a little confused at, at what it was until the end of the presentation. And they said it was like four ninety five a month instead of like nine ninety five a month or whatever it is. Right. Well. Well, th this was the Steve and Edie Gourmet part of the uh, announcement, and I was just making that very, very humorous reference. You got to read my Forbes piece, Stuart, to get all that humor. Okay. Um, so anyway, let's uh, talk about the new AirPods threes. Um, to me, this is going to be a big deal. You know, um, and all, uh, you know, from a business perspective, 
you know, Apple does. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the numbers, but their annual business, if the numbers are to believe, and these are reported by Apple, they do $12 billion in revenue with AirPods. You know, wow. that's a that's a significant business, right. <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, and obviously, they haven't refreshed these for a couple of years. Um, the, the, this category is actually fairly competitive. There's a lot of players out there with um, interesting devices. And again, I mean, part of the problem with assessing any two, uh, type of audio device is that you got to go into a store and listen to them and actually play and read the reviews when they come out to see if they're up to snuff. But, um, but John, let me start with you. What was your reaction? Uh, are you going to go out and buy a pair? Uh, probably not, but I, you know, I'll test a pair. <laughs> the, uh, I, I mean, I think those numbers are probably up there because people keep losing them, right? Uh, but supposedly, when they lose one, right? Supposedly, the the new contour on the AirPods Three is supposed to fit better in your ear. They're a little shorter. They don't look quite as, uh, you know, your member of the hive. Uh, but it's still. You know, there's still the hard, and, and if you want to get the ones that everybody else makes, that everybody else sells, that have silicon tips, you've got to go up to the $250 set. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, you know, if you're in that group, I mean, they're a decent price range, but they've got an awful lot of competition from Jabra and Anchor and people yeah. that make some really excellent true wireless uh, earpieces that fit very well and come with lots of flexible parts. So. They have to, they're sort of playing catch up, but you know, if you're part of the ecosystem, still could be an improvement. Well, you know, Rob, what was really interesting, the Wall Street, I think it was the Journal, did a story last week or the week before that there might have been, there were rumors that the AirPods might be repositioned to be to become a, 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 um, a kind of a, a smart hearing aid kind of device repositioned for that, that kind of category, similar to Ergo, what Ergo's been doing oh, in that space. Yes. This yeah, they didn't know that. The FDA said that they have finally published the rule, the rule that will allow uh, over-the-counter sales of hearing aids. Yes. Which is something that I don't think really it's taken quite this long. This has been like a six-year process from this advisory committee under Obama suggesting that, yes, maybe you don't need to have this detailed exam just to get a <laughs> hearing aid to pop into your ear. Right. Uh, finally, a law sponsored by Senator Elizabeth Warren signed into law by President Trump. And now... Four years after that, we finally had the rule published. The comment period on that closes January 18th. So hopefully in the next few months, people will be able to buy hearing aids for much less. And I'm sure Amazon is going to sell a ton of them on its site. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're going to move a few. That's exactly my thought. But, uh, Stuart, were you impressed with the AirPods? I mean, are you, Air, are you an AirPod I have, guy? I have never been impressed with the AirPods. Every time, and I have all th th pre the three previous generations, including the Pros, um, and every time I wear them, there isn't a time that I'm wearing them that I don't accidentally knock one out. And the, the, the pros at least do have the tips on them, but the other ones do not. And no matter how contoured that Apple makes right. these, one size does not fit all. I have never been able to maintain a, a solid noise isolating seal, seal with right. them. Um, and, and the fact that, that, um, that other true wireless makers give you at least three sizes of ear pods, a lot of them offer five. I do reviews of these all the time. And even the ones that give you tips don't always fit because they're not designed the right way. So for Apple to continually sell these, and I, I understand that they're, and I know that they, they do offer 
a degree of additional functionality that non-Apple True Wireless Buds provide, but I do not find that those those extra features compensate for the fact that I'm continually accidentally knocking one or both out of my ears, especially when you're taking masks on and off. Right, right. Um, right. So I, I, I just don't understand that Apple is doing this to go with the pro. These tips can't cost that much, and they are a great improvement in not only in fit but in noise isolating seal. So the noise cancellation at least can do something. Cause the noise isolating seal is ninety percent of the battle for noise canceling technology. Right. Um, so, and on the hearing aid side, I know that Apple is working on them. There's a, there was a technology introduced at CES 2020, low these many months ago, uh, called Bluetooth audio, uh, Bluetooth LE audio, which is a hearing aid company design technology, uh, that is designed to merge the -the over-the-counter hearing aid with true wireless buds. You mentioned the Eargo. I'm wearing the Eargos even as we speak. I've been testing them. They are not Bluetooth. Right. So a lot of these over-counter um, solutions do not have Bluetooth. They're simply hearing-assisting devices. And the and whatever the FDA rules of them are, I've tested any number of these things, and some are much better than others. But I think next year may be the change. Now that the FDA has finally published the rules, I think that may have been holding up the release of Bluetooth L, uh, audio LE enabled buds that would provide both really good sounding music as well as hearing aid capability. So I've spoken to a number of companies and I know that at least one of them, one major headphone maker is working on a pair of Bluetooth audio LE, but I've been sworn to silence. Uh, are, the, are the ergos you have, are those are the new ones, the fives? Yeah, the fives. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, I, I know Ergo quite well, and they actually, do, they're really wonderful, actually. Yes. I mean, and uh, they do what they say they're going to do, and um, now, the trick is, though, they're expensive. They're not... Uh, they're no, not they're, they're $2,500, yeah. uh, so they are a little pricey. The app Ooh. needs a lot of worth, uh, work. I've been back and forth with them on how confusing the app and the functionality of them and is through the app. In fact, I have another call with them scheduled for this coming Monday, simply because there's so many problems with the app and they freely admit that it's a work in progress. So we'll see. But you, you know, remember that Zvox has been selling this stuff online for a very, very, very long time. Well, so you can get hearing it for over- $500. There are a lot of over-the-counter buds. A lot of them are the traditional style and has the receiver and battery pack in the back. They mm-hmm. use um, uh, replaceable batteries. The thing that the Eargo 5s have, and almost all, and all the Eargos, in fact, is that they're rechargeable, which makes them far more convenient to use. And they don't have that thing in the back, so they're nearly invisible. So nobody really knows unless you put your ear up to the camera that you're actually wearing them. Never would have guessed. Right. But they, they, they just technology wise with, you know, the Sennheiser sale and all that stuff, you're going to have a lot of companies out with these earbuds. And there's no real justification for that price. I mean, the technology just isn't. You have miniaturization has already occurred. They fit in your ear. They have triple microphones already. They have the software. It's going to be a five hundred dollar product down from oh, like six, seven thousand dollars. Once, yeah. once, once a lot of more of these thousand. come out on the market, I think you'll see the price drop precipitously on all yeah. of these. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be gone. 
Well, let's go to the Frank Sinatra portion of the analogy. Use the old Blue Eyes presentation. That was the um, the new announcements of new Apple Silicon. Now, I think you know most industry pundits were expecting them to do at least one new iteration, um, and they can they surprised a lot of people by coming out with two flavors, the Pro and the Max. And um, I, I got to tell you, you know, looking at it from a technical standpoint, you know, and I, you know, I. I I, I'm a content developer because I do a lot of video work and a lot of other stuff. So I kind of gravitate toward the, uh, toward the max. And I'm, you know, it, it makes me uh, a, a bit jealous that I bought a Mac one uh, Mac mini uh, last December. And, 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 you know, if you configure them, by the way, if you configure the M one max with a MacBook pro with 64 gigs and two terabytes, you're talking about $4,000. So it's not a cheap, it's not a cheap notebook. Uh, cheap laptop but anyway let me start with rob 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 what were your thoughts were you surprised by the um these new iter iterations because they really are going hardcore at intel and surprised that the, the the starting price is so steep 2000 and up and then it goes all the way i think if, if you actually check every box to get every possible upgrade you're, you're looking at six grand for a laptop yeah. which you'd better take really good care of it right. but you know yeah, yeah. There are people who live in Final Cut Pro and need that kind of processing power. I am not one. I happened to buy this M1 Mac Mini uh, a month ago, actually six weeks ago, and I was delighted that Apple did not introduce a new one or even cut the price <laughs> of the old one. So for once, I escaped the usual fate of an Apple customer, which is to buy something, and then a month later, they introduce a better something at a cheaper Well, price. you bring up a good question because that was my fear as well. My fear was as well that they were going to announce, you know, uh, Pro and Mac versions of the Mac Mini, that, that, and they didn't do that. And I'm wondering, did they not do that purely because they're coming out with more silicon? You know, yes. are they going to come out with a more – because we, we, the advantage you have with the Mac Mini um, – form factors you've got more room the thermals are better and presumably you could you could probably run even you know faster a uh, silicon there you know so i don't know i don't know if if you're talking about addressing the the desktop professional market what they really got to do is the mac pro which is literally the 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 elephant the the aging retirement age elephant in the room where like that was supposed to be their answer to people who needed maximum processing power and it, it's it's out of date it's obsolete right. it shouldn't even be uh on sale anymore so that they that's the the big hole they gotta fill you know yes there's an intel-based mac mini but i don't think they're selling that many of those at this point since it is a fairly old design but the mac pro looks worse because it's fairly old and really expensive still Stuart, your thoughts well, I was a little surprised and somewhat delighted, not necessarily by the equipment, by the fact that Apple managed to keep this under wraps so well. Yeah. I don't think I saw a single analyst who predicted, one, that there would be two of these um, new chips, and everybody kept calling it the M1X. I don't think anybody – I was very surprised that I that it didn't leak. Um, so from a reporting point of view. And, and so let me just stop you for a second. You know that in, in, in their headquarters in Cupertino, when they pull something like that off where there were no previous rumors, they're all giving the thumbs up to themselves. Hey, we kept this thing under wraps. Which under right. wraps. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I was very impressive. Usually they're not very good at that. Usually something leaks. Even yeah. if there were going to be two of them, you would have expected something about, you know, two of them, what, what they would have been called is something else. But the fact that this was, I think, took everybody by surprise, I thought was rather impressive. Sure. Now, I will admit that I bought one already. 
primarily because my 2015 MacBook Pro has been coughing up blood for about a year. Um, and so I was stalling, did not want to buy an Intel version. I wanted the latest, so I don't have to buy another one for another five or six years. What, what, you you what did you get? I got the Pro. I didn't get the Max because I don't do a... I don't do any video or graphic stuff, so I, did, I didn't need all of that muscle. My interest was purely maintaining the ecosystem, and I just added on memory and, uh, and and both system and storage memory to boost those a little bit, so I could use it as a primary if necessary. I'm still I'm, the question I have, which I want to find out, is maybe I can use it as my main CPU and just buy a monitor when I'm using, you know, when I need a bigger screen. I'm, I'm assuming that's the case since it comes yeah. with an HDMI jack, um, which I thought- You should be able to use it to the screen idea. closed, if I remember. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't. The answer yeah. is yes, because I do it myself with my Intel Mac, um, MacBook Pro that I ordered a year ago, you know, back last December. So, but the, the question really is, is that will there be a performance difference between a desktop version of this and a laptop version, it's probably going to be very close. I mean, yeah, you know, you'll get better thermals in a, in a desktop, like a Mac mini form factor, but I don't think it's going to be demonstrative unless they, of course, come out with a, a brand new iteration of silicon. You know, well, I, I've, I've got a 2016 desktop at the moment. So if, if I could somehow turn the pro that I'm getting into a new desktop simply by buying, you know, a $500 monitor. Yeah. Yeah, John. John, your closing comments on this topic. Oh, I mean, it's it, the performance. Of, the big thing for me was battery life. You know that they, uh, if those numbers hold up, you know, to get over twenty hours of battery life, that's a laptop I need. I think yeah. uh, a lot of people would go for that. I mean, to Rob's point, it's very expensive. Two thousand for the fourteen-inch model. You know, entry level. That's pretty steep. Um, for a 14 inch uh, laptop, but you know, it, again, the video processing, if you're a Final Cut Pro user, notice they didn't, not a lot of talk about gaming. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, if you're serious about real power in a laptop, those laptops are already out there in, in the Windows, you know, realm and that the Alienwares of the world are already out there for people like that. So it's kind of a niche thing in a way, um, but it is, again, the battery life, they, they were running numbers by us, you know, 20 hours of video playback. That would be kind of astounding if they could actually match that. So we'll see when we get our hands on them. I'll let you know with the first week of November. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'll close on this is that I tried to, I, I ordered one literally five minutes after the event ended, and it took me 30 minutes to get the um, into the queue and, and through the, um, and through the ordering process. And, uh, I mean, the demand must be sky high, you know, uh, wow. now. So that's, I can, that's not, that's, that, that's true of all Apple announcements. Every, all the Apple geeks are out there ordering the stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. They'll order it the minute after the event ends. But I, you know, I, I think, you know, I'll just say that I do think that they spent a lot of time, you know, really, really almost, almost kind of like a, a speed presentation going through these specs. And I think, and I mentioned that in my article, I think they almost did a, a disservice to people because, you know, a lot of people who watch the, these announcement events were people who are um, not necessarily uh, technical or technological experts. And a lot of these numbers are just is, is gibberish to them. And I think they were trying to speak to two different audiences. They're trying to convince people that, hey, our stuff is as good and, and, and by the way, much better 
than what you can what we can get from Intel. We're vertically integrated. Our operating system is optimized. Yada yada yada. But I think sometimes they speed through the, the these these presentations so quickly that they don't necessarily attach the real benefits to. Hey, by the way, this is why you really want to have this type of horsepower. And even if you're not a professional content developer, there may be applications out there that this kind of performance comes in at. But again, pretty pricey at um, at uh, four thousand dollars and up for the, the right uh, configuration. Let's uh, close this out on the new MacBook Pro models. Um, and, you know, uh, they kissed goodbye the touch bar. You know, uh, that I thought that was kind of interesting. And you know how they just didn't even mention that. They said, okay, it's gone, see ya. You know, we, we had uh, great helps for it. Um, and uh, they're adding a lot more ports. That's really where the bells, I think people are, are so pleased with that, that at least some dongles will go away. But let me start with you, Rob. What did you think about the, from a hardware architecture standpoint, what did you think of the new MacBook Pros? There's so many uh, tweets, comments, emails I've seen from people who have been buying Mac laptops for work and have been not happy with that experience over the last five years. And right. now Apple has gotten rid of the touch bar, the little, somebody at Apple decided we don't need to have a touch interface. We'll just have this little ribbon of a touch screen that you can customize with shortcuts. And apparently like even a lot of Apple's soft, own software didn't make great use of it. Uh, they put uh, the an SD card slot back into it so you can just eject the card from your camera, pop it into the computer, crazy thought, uh, an HDMI port so you can just plug it into any standard HDMI cable. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it would have been nice for, for Tim Cook to say, uh, apologize for the old MacBook Pro design, say regrets, <laughs> I've had a few, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great you know, it's great that's that they recognize that now maybe they can get around to putting a headphone jack back in the ipad mini no i'm not letting that go right <laughs> but the headphone jack but there is a headphone jack in this new MacBook. Yeah. right yeah that's worth six grand right there yeah. <laughs> well, the really nice headphone jack is the cadillac of headphone jacks right uh john your thoughts on the new macbook pros I, I think they did. They checked off all the boxes for this. Uh, I mean, except for the price. But, but aside from that, um, I definitely. I mean, uh, you know, for me, also storage is big. I mean, Thanks. eight terabytes is kind of the minimum now. So if you're really doing a lot of work, you're going to have an extra external storage device. Uh, it just goes with the territory these days. So that, but it definitely helps getting it. You know, the eight terabytes. But as Rob said. I think in the 16 inch, once you do, you know, the, do the max um, processor and everything and the software, you're out of almost $6,500, uh, I think mm. I tallied it up. Um, but, you know, if you're in, if you're a video editor, uh, film editor working in that uh, area, you know, invaluable to have this kind of power in a portable computer, you know. Stuart, the question I have for you as we kind of close this out is, you know, what does it say when a company like Apple introduces a highly touted future a feature like the touch bar? I mean, they got to remember that that was that's been a big deal for them. It's been around for quite a bit. And even Apple, you know, the, the great Apple could not convince people to migrate to this new feature. What does that say that Apple is not, you know, invincible when it comes to remember, this, this, is, this is the company that came out with the Newton. So, I mean, <laughs> asking for infallibility, I think, is silly. And quite frankly, I think we're going to have the same discussion next year on the the demise of the lightning jack. 
Um, I really think that the iPhone 14 is going to go to USB-C only because they're just yeah. going to have to. I, it just makes no sense. So I think that, you know, just like the 30-pin connector on the old that came out with the iPod and things. I mean, Apple has gone through these iterations. Listen, and they're not the only company that has done this. Sony kept trying to establish, you know, formats on its own, which it, it finally killed them. And I think Apple is faster to recognize when it's got a dead horse in the bed um, than than other companies. I'm happy that they experiment with different ideas. I think every company ought to do that. And they, and sometimes it takes them a little longer than necessary to realize that maybe that wasn't such a great idea. But that's the world of technology. That's certainly technology history. This is I don't think Apple is much different from any other very, very large company, whether it be Samsung or Sony or or LG or any of these companies who experiment with form factors, with different technologies, almost always concentrating on the mistake is almost always we do it because we can, not because we should. And I have to trap that every technology company falls into at one time or another. But there, there was a hint. It was, it's called try a touch screen. Try the touch screen. <laughs> well, as somebody who's been using Apple products, I don't want a touch screen on my laptop. That, that's just me. And I'm assuming that I'm not alone since they're not doing it. Yeah. I well, think the younger generation are all about touch screens. Yeah. Everything is a touch screen. So that seems like just being stubborn to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think they would argue, Apple would argue, because their sales, even though the, you know, the, you know, the, um, uh, you know, um, the um, Mac OS is still only about 10 or 15% up, call it uh, MacBook share is only about 15% of the market. I mean, but it has climbed pretty substantially right. over the last uh, year or so. They would, they would, I think Apple would, would say, Hey, listen, you know what, you know, we, uh, you know, we don't think we need a touchscreen to enable. It's not going to enable a larger part of the market. And by the way, that also burdens the product, you know, with uh, additional costs. That's probably less of a concern because of the margin. I'm sure there's, there's a CFO at, at, at Apple that does care always about every tenth of a point of margin. But I also think that the, um, the fact of the matter is, I think until they're convinced that there'll be usability advantages and people will be able to do, and, and keep in mind, they have iOS and iPad OS. I mean, you want to touch right. interface? You've you got want to touch screen, get an iPad. Yeah, iPad. And, 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 and again, it's the age old argument, you know, can you merge Mac OS and iOS slash iPad OS together and still have a non-compromising experience? You know, and I think Apple would, would say no, if you merge them completely together. But I'd like to keep my screen clean. Yeah. So anyway, listen, and you know, Stuart, we're going to dock you next time you don't show up <laughs> okay. on the podcast. So just be warned about that. But guys, thank you for taking the time to join me for today's podcast. For our viewing and listening audience, please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mark Vina Tech Guy. And until next time, have a great weekend. And thanks, gents. Mm -hmm.